ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. My guest this week on my podcast, Relationships Rule, is Christine Bowles. Christine is the founder and creative designer of the award-winning company, The Luxury Look design and home staging firm. She established her firm in 2013 when she decided to return to her creative side, where she has truly made her mark and impacted the luxury real estate market on a global scale. Her extensive background in real estate has garnered awards from production, customer service, marketing, and for her many leadership roles in operating and owning a luxury real estate brokerage that was highly profitable and awarded in every category, as well as being one of the top brokerages in the U.S. She has taken her drive to succeed and shifted her focus in advancing her craft. Christine believes that space should be experienced from the moment you walk in. Every project is designed with intention and her ability to listen to her clients and take their vision and put it into action has become her trademark behind her work at The Luxury Look. Christine also serves on the Customer Experience Advisory Board at the University of Irvine, is Director of Concierges for HOA.com, and Christine and her company were in a special feature of this month's El Decor magazine. That's September 2022. Christine still to this day gives back and serves in the real estate design and home staging industries and has won multiple awards for her service and dedication to these industries that she has focused her 35 plus year career on. She is an absolute delight and a true, true visionary. I hope you'll enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule podcast. This week, my guest comes to us from Scottsdale, Arizona, and her name is Christine Vowels. First of all, I wanted to share that I met Christine through LinkedIn, and I was doing a fun campaign with with, uh, reaching out to people in Arizona to make some new connections, and I run this, um, this messaging campaign about, you know, something crazy that I might not know about you from reading your LinkedIn profile. And Christine was kind enough to play along with me and tell me what her special thing was that that she didn't show on LinkedIn. And I don't know if she'll share it with me now, but uh, welcome to the show, uh, Christine, and thank you for being here. It's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. You're welcome. So will you share what your little thing was or not? Um, I think I shared that um, I'm a, a... race car driver yes you did an ex-race car driver champ world champion race car five years ago yeah Yeah. and and you said you were featured in espn so our entire racing team was featured on on espn yeah so there aren't a lot of women race car drivers um from you know i don't know how long ago you did this but were you one of the few women that were racing Um, i was the only female with mostly men race racing team so it was a racing team there was quite a few of us um i initially just was a spouse of somebody that was part of the team that did the timing you know tracked where everybody was and all that and 
And I just, you know, I, I don't sit idle. So I would get up and start working in the pit. Yeah. And I mean, I was changing oil, checking tires, doing all that. And, and then um, when they were out practicing and practicing for the race, I would ask to go. Yeah. And it got, they realized that I definitely don't have a problem with speed or being yeah. in the air. So, and I was lightweight, so I didn't add a lot of um, weight to the car and I was a great co-pilot. And then um, eventually when the racers would get tired during the Baja 1000, I could easily switch out. So, um, so then I became part of the team. That's so incredible to me. And, and uh, the need for speed and, yes, uh, and that's yeah. Me. And the adventure of the whole thing. That's amazing and and very impressive. And it was kind of fun to start our conversation there on LinkedIn. And I thought it might be fun to start it again here. Um, you have, of course, shifted that focus and now are um uh are the you are the founder and creative designer of an award-winning company, the luxury look design and home staging firm. And I know that even though that's what you do, you do a lot of other things too. I've never talked to anyone who's so entrepreneurial. Oh my goodness. So um, what I'd like to start by asking is that you serve on a board for, I think, the University of California at Irvine or maybe UCLA or both. Yeah, it's out of a, it's the UCLA program, but my particular advisory board is out of Irvine. And it's to do with the customer experience, which is right up my alley. So is it the customer experience of the university? No, it is a program for all business entrepreneurs, solo oh. business owners, corporations, where they want to level up their business and make customer service one of their main focus. So it's a program where they've brought in people from everyone from Boeing, from the you know airline industry to tesla to disney i mean they're all involved in this and then um i somehow got selected and picked out um to bring the real estate side and the design side and home staging so i cover all three quadrants um they thought that would be best instead of bringing in three more people so i serve on the advisory board for those three i'm taking their program just so i can understand what has happened prior to me coming in, mm -hmm. what they've all been through, and then I will help assist on adding to that program and then probably eventually becoming one of the instructors. Oh, okay. So what would you say the major shift over the last few years has been, or is there something brand new around what people need to do for a, an exceptional customer experience? Or have things shifted? Have they changed? I would say completely. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I thought that honestly, I felt, you know, you get you get that stage in your business where you think you've got so many things covered and that you that, you know, that you would sell in certain things. And I honestly thought that I had sold in customer service and which I thought was one of the reasons why I was pulled into this um advisory board, yes. but as I'm taking their program and I'm learning from the others that are also involved in the program that I don't know as much as I thought I did. Um, there is, you know, businesses have evolved so much that I mean, you know, a 
any person can start a company. And corporations have had to switch from the way they used to do things to a new way of doing things because, you know, the pandemic and everything else that came out of that. And also with the economy, you know, all of our ups and downs. Um, and there's now so many small businesses out there that I think we get so caught up in the day-to-day -day mundane things that we have to do to keep things going. And, you know, we as solo business owners can work until midnight, just trying to take care of the books, the payroll, um, booking more appointments, you know, trying to, keep that that line of leads coming in while you're still doing the work. Mm -hmm. So sometimes, and in many cases, certain things can slip through the crack. And what I have learned is that the onboarding process of a new client, whether that's somebody walking into your store, picking up the phone or making an order online, whatever it is your business is, that there are a lot of gaps. Mm. And and I'm now trying to close those gaps with my own company and making the onboarding process much better. And also as I'm going out of, a, you know, like if I'm doing a design project, you know, that could be a year long project or it could be a couple month project. And I want the clients to feel just as special in the beginning as they do when we're done with the project. Um, and because of that, my clients tend to find more work for me. It's like, well, we're, we, we so enjoy working with you that that's that just do another room. Um, I had completed an entire project with a client and they came back and said, you know, we, we so enjoyed working with you. Let's renovate the bathrooms and create a new bathroom. And I was like, we're going to tear out rooms in a home we just completed. Uh, um, I was like, well, Okay, I said, well, let, let's really talk this through. <laughs> and he says, <laughs> I'm like, I'm hyperventilating and they're fine with it. Um, but they're like, we just love this process. We just enjoy working with you. And that just made me feel really good. But I was like, am I doing them a justice? <laughs> I haven't even tear out that. And then we'll just go to another house. We'll stay there for a few months and you just tear out the bathroom. So I'm oh, just like, um, so my clients tend to continue. We just mm. finished a job that we were on for a year because of COVID. It took a year to yes. complete the job. And they sent us a message just Saturday and said, hey, we have a surprise for you. We just bought another home in another state. Um, how busy are you? Because we, we want to do this job with you too. And I'm like, oh my goodness. So my clients just continue to, I stay involved in their lives. Mm -hmm. Um so well, it's, it's when you're doing a project that, that spans over even a few months or a year or so, um, you have to build a relationship with these people. So yes. I would imagine that you become part of the family, so to speak. And um, it, it's, it's so much easier to work again with someone you already know, like, and trust than to go out and start all over again. So I think, but, but that's also the, uh, the rub because I know in particular in the real estate industry, I've worked with a lot of realtors that don't stay connected. Now, not with the work you're doing, you're in the, you know, you're um, recreating and building and, and um, decorating and designing their home. So you're there in a longer period of time, but you're also in that real estate industry and know, I think what I'm talking about that someone will sell a home and then they're gone and they don't stay connected. So 
why would I have, why would the, the, the owner have any loyalty to that person when they go to buy a new home? So that would be something that, that is a pull me, push you thing as you're talking about this customer experience course and so on. Yes, it's really, um, it's been good for me. I, I, I feel, I don't know what the word is. Um, at first when I was started and said yes to this and went through the entire process, which is, is, is not for the faint of heart, um, to get approved, to be on this board. Um, I simply was just like, I'm done. <laughs> I can't do any more. Um, then I got approved. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm it. Um, but it, it's so nice to be involved in something where I am still learning more mm-hmm. and I'm learning at such a high level. Um, you know, the people before me and the people that are currently involved in this advisory board, they're just brilliant people and, and they come from a great um, place. You know, I mean, they, it really is about relationships and the, the client experience. And like the culture that their company has already, you mean. Yes. Yeah. And it yeah. just makes me want to totally revamp everything I'm doing. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What I'm doing is working. Yes. I don't need to necessarily stop and start all over. But when you're, I'm, when I get into this, I'm doing the classes and I'm basically in a college course with them. I'm going through an actual college course with them. Yeah. Um, I, it, it just stimulates me and I just get so excited. It's like, oh, the possibilities. It's like, oh, if I just tweak one little tiny thing, yeah. what the results will be from that and the experience will be so much better. And I'm like, oh, so it's just, it, it's refreshing too. I think it's fascinating because it, it can make or break the experience that the client has going through that reno or going through that, that and, and you know, when they've got, when it's, uh, when it's like hell's kitchen, I mean, they don't, they want it to be over so quickly and they'll never, you know, I, and today I think, I think business, well, not just today, but always business is built best through referral and through, you know, through, I, I always find that um, that's my best way of doing things is to refer people to other, I like to connect people, but I will only do it when I feel like both sides make sense. And, you know, if, if someone brand new says, well, Hey, I'd like to meet that person. I want to make sure that that person is open to that conversation first, before I ever do anything, because I respect and um, value my connections and Mm -hmm. the people in my community. So yeah, absolutely. I think it's so important. So um, it's hard to keep up with the things that you do just from the short conversations we've had, and you're so busy. I know you're you um so what what's your favorite thing to do do you have a favorite is it the creative process or is it the end result is it the reveal is it the um the process the the reveal the reveal yeah but it's also um you know when you're when you go into a space and you're not sometimes like on the home staging side you're you know you could be in a home maybe 20 minutes and then, you know, you're giving all the suggestions for the paint colors and the flooring. And so I'm a home stager that takes things to a different level. Um, I'll suggest changing out some lighting if it makes sense. You know, I don't suggest things that's going to, you know, bust the bank or cost the client heartburn. But to really, I understand every side of the real estate transaction and what buyers, and, you know, and I, I'd like to get into the buyer's mindset 
And if the client themselves and the realtors don't know who the buyer is, I need to know that before I bring in a sofa because I could bring in the wrong sofa. So I really dial down into who we think that buyer is going to be and make sure that the house and the messaging and the photos all match that so you can attract the right buyer. And so when I'm doing these projects and I, you know, I go out all over the globe on luxury homes that are not selling um, and consult on them and go in there and just, you know, in a matter of a week, we can transform something. And, you know, you don't have to bust the bank. Sometimes it's just repurposing a room, mm-hmm. you know, or maybe photographing it differently. Yes. Um, so when you can become that person that you think is going to be the buyer and then you walk through and look through the home in their eyes, not my eyes mm-hmm. um, and not the homeowner's eyes because mm-hmm. they think their home is perfect because it was designed for them and it worked really well for them. Mm-hmm. But if the now new buyer is not who is leaving and exiting the property, we then need to figure out what does that buyer require? You know, how will they live in this space and what, what's their desire, you know, lifestyle. So So does the realtor get involved in that? Um, I always try to involve the realtor. Um, Sometimes when the realtors are stumped, like if the home hasn't sold in 300 days, you know, on these really expensive properties, they'll call me and we'll talk it through. I do it as a team. You know, I do it with a homeowner. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll walk through with them and we have, you know, conversations. I said, when you're talking to me, don't, don't talk to me as though I'm the home stager or your designer. So I want you to, or, you know, in some cases, just a consultant. I said, I want you to talk to me as though I'm your buyer. Mm-hmm. And I said, when I'm going through here, I'm going to tell you as the buyer what um, I would expect if I was that particular buyer. And so I actually create who the avatar is. And I'm, you know, everyone's just like, you know, the, the group of them say, oh, it's this person. And I'm like, mm, that's not narrow enough. You know, mm-hmm. we need to narrow it down and then cast the net for a larger audience. Um, if you don't narrow it down enough in the beginning, your net is too small. Does that make sense? And yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm doing the opposite of what people yeah. think. Yeah. Um, so we need to narrow down the message and then we need to cast the net to see if we can't bring in a, a larger audience. And the stories behind the things I've been able to do has just been amazing. Hmm. It's just, um, I, I love those phone calls when they call me and they said, you didn't just nail it. You double nailed it. Uh, I'm like, how did I double nail it? <laughs> and they're like, well, they are exactly what you said they were going to be. They're in the age group you thought they were going to be. And they do for a living what you thought they would do. And they said, so um, I'm just like, wow, um, that's really cool. So it's, you know, sometimes you just have to put my realtor hat on and if, you know, when you get so wrapped up in trying to sell the property, you lose sight sometimes who you're really going after. Um, and you can't well, put a sign right. Well, so. This is so interesting because, first of all, you said you put your realtor hat on. I think you put your psychic hat on. I think that, right? I think there's something to be said for intuition and what it fe- you must feel the house in a certain way, yeah. right? And the house talks to me. Yeah, I, I believe that. I totally believe that. And, um, but the realtor, see, here's what's, what I find really fascinating, that the realtor isn't necessarily that kind of person. They just want to make the sale. They've got the, they got the listing and they're, they're, you know, they're happy to have that. But are they as willing or do you find yourself educating those realtors? Yeah, yeah. I educate a lot. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that and and then the other thing that was I was thinking about when you were um, describing that is, you know, I have a friend who's uh, who sells high end properties in California, and she had a huge uh, property for sale, huge, and it was you know twenty seven million or something, and um, and I think one of the pieces around it is that it was someone she knew that was selling the house and that can always be more difficult but when the owner has a price in mind and you know as the realtor it's too high and you can do nothing about it in this case I think maybe because they were friends and she had it on the market for a year and then she finally threw in the listing she she fired herself because it was like not working they get a new realtor and and they lower the price. Oh no. See, yeah. that's always what happens. Yeah. You know, and I try to teach the realtors, um, you know, with all my years of owning brokerages that, you know, if you're going to continue going down this road, I'm happy to be the second, third realtor because I, I will get the job done because I'll have those conversations that you're afraid to have in the beginning. Yeah. And it's, so it's like, if you want to, you know, if you, if you want to go, if you always want to be the first realtor, great. But then act like you're the third realtor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I met a guy once who I think helped start the real, the Remax offices here in Canada. And he told me that he always wanted to be number two because yes. the number one realtor sells the house, then they disappear, which is what I was just saying. And he wanted right. to be always in communication and be number yep. two in the backup. So right. I, yeah, that, I totally agree. Um, so, all right, you, you're in the real estate world, you're in the um, staging world, and um, did they, well, you were, were you a realtor yourself? I still am. Oh, yeah, you still are. Yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah, I used to own a large brokerage. That's right. That's right. You did tell me that. So which do you love the most? Is it the designing? Is it, yeah, the designing? It's the creative side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I read in this um I just briefly read this article that you shared with me that was published in a special edition of El Decor magazine just this month, right? Mm-hmm. And it, you yes. got a, a one page on it. And it talked about, um, uh, you talked about a story about how your, your uncle, who was an architect, taught you way back then when you were a child. Yes. And create, tell me about that story. Tell my audience, because it's fascinating. So I would, I pretendly, um, as I grew up, I realized I wasn't really working. Um, he brought me to his home during the summers to work as architectural firm so I could save money for school and college and school clothes and all that. So um, he would take me to work every morning and I just did odd things around the, the office until I started really just asking if I could sit next to him and just watch him draw. Um, he was a very, very talented architect. And then he just got to the point to where Grab the blueprints, we got some place to go. So um, he was a very, you know, man of very few words. Um, and we would drive and we would drive all over the state of Utah because he did so much in Utah. And then um, he said, okay, I'm going into a meeting. Your goal for me when I come out is I want you to walk along this wall all the way around the entire corridor in this courtyard and close your eyes. And I want you to rub your hand up and down filling all the textures. And then I want you to open your eyes and see if what you envisioned was exactly what you were touching. 
Well, in the beginning, that did not, was not the case. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and it wasn't until probably, I don't know, a month later, but he just kept doing the same thing until I gave him the answers he wanted to hear. Um, I started asking him why he chose those materials. You know, why was this different from that? You know, why was this college different from that city municipality? Or why was this building different than this building? And so he would go into all the different material selections and the textures. And then after I did it for a while, he would then take me to not only his buildings, but other buildings and say, okay, let's talk about this. So he would take me all the way through and talk about the elevations and the different materials and all the different textures and the mixtures. And when you, in a place where you have water, why you would do this, why you wouldn't do that. And, you know, all these different things. And I just started seeing things basically from behind the lens coming forward. So I, started looking at layers. And when I go into a home, I literally look at everything in layers. Um, I look at the doors, I look at the molding, the ceiling, the windows. And then, then I determine what has to come out and what has to go in to either work with the architectural features or add to it or take away so we don't you know, ruin what's mm -hmm. yeah, already been built. Yeah. Yeah, because we can destroy, you know, you could have a beautiful ceiling, spend all that money, put this beautiful light fixture, then your furniture totally destroys, you know, what the ceiling's all about. Um, and so I teach classes. I started, I've, I've written a class, so I'm going to start teaching it more often on how we as just humans can walk into a space and know when something is out of balance or be able to pick up in the room what needs to come out. We as humans continue buying and adding and bringing more stuff in to a space to try and get that perfect look. Well, what we need to be doing is taking out and bringing one thing in at a time until it's perfect. Mm. So it's really, I call it peeling the onion. You have to peel the onion of every room. So. So he was the first teacher really who trained your eye, who trained yes. you, your mm -hmm and your sense of touch and, and texture and everything else, right? So I have to touch everything. I have to feel everything. Sounds weird, but I just do. No, but I love that. I think that he saw something in you. He knew that you were, were you creative as a child? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. So my whole family was from my grandmothers, my aunts, my mother, very, very creative artist. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So that's, and do you have children, right? I do, yes. Yeah, are they creative? You see it? Yeah, yeah, I, I'd say they are. Not not the realm that I am, but um, they are creative in every aspect of their life. Their lives are very organized. Um, they're very detailed, very creative, very crafty. Um, Do-it-yourselfers, you know, they uh -huh. need something done. They'll, they have no fear of tearing out a wall and changing a room. Um, <laughs> so they, yeah, they... They, in their own right, can just go. And my husband's a woodworker, so oh. I think they get it from both sides, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. So that just made me think of something, though. Something that I drives me crazy about me, okay? And I have a one of my best friends is very creative and is is also into home decor and, and design. And she's not a designer, but she should have been, you know, like, because mm -hmm. that's what she does to help. Like, she helped me with my, my reno in my kitchen. Just, I needed a better sense sense um, set of eyes. Although mm -hmm. I know what I don't like. Sometimes I'm not quite sure 
what it what it should be, but I know what it definitely shouldn't be. But one of the things that drives me crazy about me and how do you deal? I you can probably tell when you go into somebody's house is that you know I if I get a piece of decor or something to add to the to the room, I put it somewhere and then it's there and then it stays there and it stays there and nothing ever changes. You know, I'm that like organized but not creative. And that like drives me, me crazy about me because I love that about people that are changing things up. So mm-hmm. is that a learned thing or is that just never going to happen for people like No, me? you can definitely change. Yeah, no, that, that's a learned thing. You can definitely change it. Um, my my team loves it when we go and we do a staging and I'll put, you know, I, I will determine what's going to go in the house before we get there. So then I bring everything. We photograph it in the warehouse before we pack it. And when I get there and I pull it out and we put it on the table. And then I subconsciously do this. Um, they're now picking it up to where I leave it there until while I'm working the rest of the house. And then I always go back to every single accessory that I have placed. And I look at it in my eyes as though I'm the camera. It's like, so where's it going to be photographed? You know, if you're sitting on the sofa, is it going to feel right? If you're coming mm. into the doorway, does it feel right? If you're watching TV, is it wow. the way? Um, so I sit and the girls are just like, okay, she's in her, she's in her mojo. Everyone, <laughs> they all go up against the wall and they, and I didn't realize that, I didn't realize that they realized what I was doing and <laughs> they pulled it out of me, but I will circle that room so many times until it is exactly where it needs to be for sitting, coming in, for photographing, watching TV, however you're going to use the space, whether you're going to sit there and read a book and have, you know, a cup of coffee or whatever. Um, And I literally stage in a way to where I want to understand how they're going to use the space. So when I tell the realtors, now when you have photographers come in and you have house cleaners come in, don't move my stuff. They're like, oh yeah. I said, no, you don't understand. It is placed for the camera. It is placed for the buyers to walk in. It is balanced. If I know where I think they're going to sit, I know that it it will not feel out of balance for them. And they're like, wow. And the team's like, yeah, don't. It is <laughs> set. Yeah. You know? And I just tell them, I said, it's a set design. It is. Yeah. It's I'm not just a home yeah. stager that just puts the same orchid on the coffee table in the same space because that house might need something different. And it may not be an orchid house. That house will tell me what I need to bring in. And we just did one, like I said, like yesterday, completed it. And the girls were, my team said, can we just sit down here for just a few minutes and just enjoy this before we walk out? They go, I feel, we just worked our butt off and I feel so calm. I just want to sit down and just breathe. And I'm like, and this was a, I don't say a hoarder situation, but we went in and totally changed that house and then brought in the furniture. But we designed the staging around the new look. Mm-hmm. And we just sat down, all of us, not one of us said one word, and we just sat there. And I could tell that we were all just zinning out. <laughs> I said, I want the buyers to feel this when they walk in, that when they come in, they don't want to leave. And the average buyer from my houses that we stage, um, you know, they stay in the house for an hour to two hours. Really? So I know I'm doing my job because you can sell a home to a buyer that stays in the house mm-hmm. if they come in and they're out you've lost them mm-hmm. so I always want to capture them I want to always have you know a, an, another level of god oh, what's next what's behind this door you know what's in this room and 
So it's, it, it's, it's fun to be able to, to be that for them. But, you know, we do that in our designs too. So our clients in the homes tell us what we need to do. When you stage uh, a house, do you use all your staging um, furniture or do you often use what's in the house already? Both. We do occupied stagings. Yeah. Um, that's, that's tougher for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, if we can walk into a house and determine what we can use and what we can't use. Yeah. Um, sometimes, I mean, we just did one home where they had beautiful furniture, but it was mis it wasn't placed well, um, wasn't being used properly. I mean, it was just in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, and the only thing we brought into that house was a rug, a coffee table and some accessory and two pieces of art and used everything else that they had and household. So, so do you use your, do you have your own um, warehouse of stuff? I do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I also noticed that um, you have just become an Amazon influencer. Yes. Tell me about that. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. Um, And then I found out that because I sell so much products for our Airbnbs that they reached out and said, would you like to have your own store? I'm like, I can have my own store. Amazon? Yes. So I have my own store. And within that store, I have about 26 categories. So from beds to linens to designing a coffee table, you know, if you want coffee table books and accessories to um, filling your Airbnb to if you're just doing outdoor entertainment, I think I've, you know, oh, and then I have in there all different styles um, with furniture and art and everything. So you can take a look at it and say, okay, this is what I am. This is, this is who I am. This is what I'd be comfortable in. And then I've done it in several different color categories and combinations so that people can get a sense of basically who they are and what they like. And this is um, on Amazon. I can just go, yes. I can, I can, I'm going to go do that after. I'm, so I yes. can search your name. It is under the company. So yeah, it's luxury. Amazon shop, the luxury look and lower case. Yeah, I think yeah. I will send it to you. I'll send okay. you a link. Okay. To it. That's so cool. And um, so you've already just now established that you have um, uh, Airbnbs that you, that you sell to. So these are your product lines. Yes. We also do turnkey Airbnbs. And then we um, also for clients that, you know, there's so many people that want to do things themselves. So we're trying to make it easy for them. You know, if they, I don't ever want to squash someone's creativity, you yeah. know, right. and I'm not, everyone's going to hire me and when I wouldn't be able to handle everybody. Yeah. So I thought, well, you know, they're giving me this opportunity. I sat on it for a couple months. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I have so many conversations with people and so many people love doing their own houses I thought, why don't I just go ahead and create the store and make it easy for them. And then I'm going to start offering my business coach things. I need to start offering like designer hours to where, Mm. you know, if they're in my store and they Mm -hmm. have some things saved, but they don't quite know which ones would be the best that I can offer some hours to where I can help them decide, you know, narrow it down for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm going to, I'm not sure how that will work, but. She thought that that would be something else I could offer for those that are just, shopping in the store. 
That's so, yeah, that's, you've got so many projects on the go though. I, I, I would imagine you probably once a month might be all you could even do that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, okay. So with all the things that you do, um, I just like to have a little fun for a minute and ask you a couple of questions that I like to ask my audience. I don't, or my, my guests, I don't always ask, but I want, I would like to ask you, do you read, do you watch, or do you listen? What do you do when it comes to, you know, books or, or whether they're fiction or nonfiction? I, I do read. It's usually when I try to take some time off. Um, which is rare, but I do try to work in my day or month um, some reading, but I pretty much only read um, books about business, mm -hmm. how to better myself. Um, I'm looking right now at my entire library. Uh -huh. um, I have an entire wall of business books. Um, it's Everything from the real estate side to organizing to interiors to staging to color to mindfulness, um, you know, being an influencer. Um, so basically, anything in those three realms, mm -hmm. I read. Mm -hmm. And I've been in a few of them. I've been I'm I'm in raving referrals. Oh, um, so was, oh, oh right. That's I was just talking to uh, Emmy that. You, yes, yes. I was in that book. Yep. Yeah, they featured me as one of their influencers. I was featured in the um, entrepreneur startup entrepreneur book, and I have my own books, um, selling luxury home mastery. Okay, so. very cool. All right, and my my second question is actually a two part question, and it comes around the word my favorite word curiosity, mm -hmm. and I would love to know your thoughts on. So sorry, I thought I had your dog. That's okay. Um, sorry. So sorry. Okay. Not a problem. I it's in, it's stuff happens. Um so we always say, oh yeah, curiosity. So do you think that curiosity is innate or learned? And second part, what are you most curious about these days? Hmm. Well, I have this, I learned this from one of the my partners when I was running the real estate firm um, and it became something that I adopted is um, staying curiosity. So there are always, sometimes there's more than two sides to every story. Mm -hmm. And when you're working in real estate, um, you're dealing with a lot of emotions and a lot of finance and a lot of big decisions that people are making. So staying in curiosity can really, um, you know, basically our company was in very few lawsuits or arbitrations because when you stay in curiosity and you listen to everybody, then you can you can lead and help make the decisions better where everything can be resolved. It doesn't have to go to court. Mm -hmm. So but I've adopted the staying in curiosity pretty much on everything. What you see in, on social media, stay in curiosity because, you, you know, there's fake news out there just just don't don't absorb everything you see right right um, you know just stay in curiosity it just it, it helps it's it keeps you out of judgment so i would rather not be in judgments curiosity staying in curiosity keeps you from judging others um or doing quick reactions 
Um, what was the other question? About well, is it, do you think it's innate or it's learned? So I would think that you're saying to learn that. I learned it. Yeah. Um, for some, I think it comes just normal. Um, from the person that I learned it from, I think that just was ingrained in him. Mm -hmm. But for me, I learned it. Mm -hmm. um, it just, and what are you it, it has helped me. And, and what are you most curious about now, right now? Oh, what am I most curious about now? Um, I don't know. I think, and this is probably going so far off base, but I feel like the world is really upside down right now. Um, you know, we, we, we join together, we unite on certain things, and then certain things can pull us apart so quickly. Um, what I'm curious about now is I'm seeing so many people, whether it's in the news or on social media or however the, the news streams come at you, um, that people are really waking up. They're, they're, they're waking up and they want a sense of community. They, they want a sense of reality, no more fake. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to be told the truth. Mm -hmm. They want to be able to make decisions that aren't being forced on them. So I, I'm curious, I stay in that realm and I'm interested to see what others of influence are leaning towards. And so many people are not doing sides, they're not picking sides anymore. They're creating a unity around a thought is, is I guess is where I'm saying. So like, um, like this project I'm doing in Puerto Rico, the project is all about creating a sense of unity, no segregation. It's, it's not about, it's every religion is included. You know, every walk of life is included. Um, doesn't matter if you're handicapped or you have a disability or you're just, you know, whatever you are, this project is supposed to be a place where you feel you're equal to everybody else. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy or you're not. This project is that all about come, that when you come here, everything is equal. Everything is equal. And it's a place where you can set your intentions, you can dedicate something, you know, you're, you can dedicate your intentions to like your grandmother, like I am engraving my grandmother. My mom wants me to engrave my grandmother's name into the walls of the tower. So I will be doing that. And they're going to be naming one of the rose gardens after my grandmother. Hmm. Um, and it's just knowing that I am doing this project and I'm seeing how well it's being received in all the different arenas that I'm in, <coughs> excuse me, tells me that everyone's looking for that. Yeah. So just to back up a little bit, I didn't know if you wanted to talk about it, but this is a new, a new project that you're doing with, um, it's a philanthropy project, is it not? And it's, yes. you want to just give us a little bit of it? Um, it's called the Love Tower. Yeah. But it's yeah. going to be a very large project where it'll be a place for meditation, training, healing, um, um, 
they're going to do a lot of education. They're going to do, it's a place for retreats. It's a place to um, come and just be you, basically. And it's like a personal development type of. Um, I'd say so. I and say I think it's mind, body, soul. It's, yes. You know, it's not a place that is going to fix you. I mean, if you're coming for like major medical help, it won't be that, but no. there will be some holistic part of it. Um, but it is going to be a place where, you know, I mean, they've got all these different retreats you can go to, but not everybody can go to them. It's <laughs> one they're really expensive or it's hard to get to. So this is not built yet. There's the acreage is in Puerto Rico and the project yep. has is has begun in conceptually, correct? Yes. 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 We it, have our big reveal party in October. In LA. In October in LA, the big reveal party. So Go we're ahead. going to we're gonna have sorry. a Siri saw something that heard something and decided she had to get part of it. Um <laughs> sorry, in, in October, what's happening? Um, in October in LA, everyone in the project's going to be coming together as much as those, those that can get there. And we're inviting all of our private clients, our supporters, our sponsors, and um, the 501 has been established now. And then we're going to do a big reveal party of the main tower. And then, um, then we'll be able to bring it out and talk about it and post it and put all the stuff out to the, the media once, once we've done that and we've celebrated those who have supported us to this point. So just out of curiosity, because there I go again, curiosity, and then we're going to wrap this up. How did you get involved with this project? Did they find you? Did this, the they one did. They, call, they called me. Okay. Um, and how I actually got involved is that um, many, many years ago, I, it, a, a wonderful woman out of Canada knew a gal who was going to be a woman, not a gal, um, that was going to be doing a launch party in Beverly Hills with the product that she was doing. And she says, oh, you need to call Christine because she'll be able to help you with, you know, your whole experience. Um, so she called me and that really, you know, it's not really my main focus is on events anymore. I right. do a lot of them, but that wasn't. And so she was just talking to me about it and I just really connected with her. There was just something about her that was like, my gosh, this is, this is a person that I, I would want to have in my life. So I had that conversation with her. She shared with me where she was going to have it at. I asked her what she wanted her attendees to experience. And I told her I did not think that that space was conducive for what her goals were. And she's like, what? <laughs> um, so she put me on a plane. I went out to get California. We spent a day, a whole day together. And we found the place for her to have it. Um, I went to a couple furniture stores and asked them if they would be willing to help me allow me to take things off their floor for VIP lounges and to, you know, give them notoriety of this big massive launch that they're going to do. And I was able to secure that. And I went back and put her, helped put her event on. But at the same time I was there, um, I noticed that everybody wanted a piece of her, you know, and when, when you're around an influencer like that, everybody mm -hmm. wants a piece of you. And I could tell that she was just getting a little stressed so I found a, created a safe space in the back of the building and went and got her and her husband and said, why don't you guys just hide out here to your on stage? You know, and they're like, what? And I said, you have food, you have water, you have everything in here, just close the door, come out when you're on stage. You need to be you and for a minute and not just have her on as on you. 
um, from that event, her husband said that I'm the only person he's ever met that's ever protected his wife. Wow. That I not only brought beauty to the space, I helped make the event memorable for everybody. And I protected her at the same time without anybody even knowing what was even happening. Yeah. Um, and so I have been in their life since then. And five years ago, she called me and asked if, you know, if I was going to be in California at all. She wanted to have a chat with me. So my husband and I were going for a little mini vacation. So we, I went and met with her, spent a whole day with her. And she shared with me her vision and goals for life. And then she wanted me to share mine with her. Hmm. So we spent, God, I don't know, hours upon hours going through that. And then I found out that I was like the only person she felt confident, comfortable sharing with me. And it just really bonded us. So April last year, she gave me a phone call and she goes, remember that conversation five years ago? And I said, yes, I said, it was a fabulous conversation. She goes, well, I just sold my company and I'm going to go do my dream. And you're going to be the designer on it because you're the only one that will understand. You will take everybody into consideration that will be there and you'll be able to analyze the space in a way that nobody else can. And I want every square inch of this entire project to be memorable. So you're the only person that can come. She's but the, <clears throat> um, the landowners want to meet the designer. So I was not, I didn't understand what that whole thing was about. So we went, she goes, so now you get to do your dream and my dream all together, one big project. So I went to Puerto Rico, went to all these different land pieces. They wanted me to kind of help solidify which would be the best. And the last one they saved, um, the one that we selected was the last one, which that was by design, but I didn't know that. <laughs> While I was there, I felt something that I've never felt before. I mean, I have felt before, but it was like in a sacred place, which mm -hmm. at that point I was going there knowing it was a sacred place. Here, I did not know that. Um, and I asked to go back the following day if I could just spend some more time there. So I did. And there was a ton of people there. I mean, the government was there, the owners were there, people of the project were there, and just a lot going on. And um, finally, they asked me, what did I think of the land? You know, what, you know, what do I think? Is this the piece? And, and um, all I said is that, I said, I, I don't know how to explain what I'm feeling other than I feel like I'm on sacred ground. Mm -hmm. And he's, and they, the owner was just so emotional. And he says, you, you're absolutely right. He goes, very few people ever pick that up. He says, but this land has been saved for generations after generations. And he goes, so we approve you to be the designer on this project because we don't think that you will do anything to decimate our land. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Then I learned what the magnitude of the project was. And I... Um, Painted? <laughs> yeah, I felt very overwhelmed. And they're like, no, you... you you have what you need to do the project. What you don't need, you can get. You'll figure it out, but it has to be you. You know, we, you, you, we need your heart and soul. We can go get any designer, but they don't come with heart and soul the way we know you do. And so that was um, just really. Um, oh, touching to the heart. Yeah, to the core. Absolutely. I, this project is going to be incredible. I, you, sh you shared with me the, 
the design that you started for the tower and whatever. And I, I just love to keep following it and see how it goes. And what's the, the what are we talking? Three years, maybe? Is that I think probably three years for build out, but it's, they're acquiring more land as we go. So I'm assuming it'll end up being, you know, continued for years, yeah. Yeah. you know, just because we're going to be adding more to it. There'll be a small hotel component to it, educational training buildings, retreat spaces, restaurants. How? But after what's just happened in Puerto Rico, does that happen on a yearly basis? Like, not yearly, but yes, they do get hit. So we did have a big meeting last night. So we need to go back to our design concept and make sure that, um, you know, I already knew that I had to build the tower with concrete. Yeah. Um, but I've brought in one of one of the guys that I do a lot of work with that builds in hurricane rid, you know, ridden areas, and he's my concrete expert. So um, I have a huge glass component to the tower. Mm -hmm. So now I have to figure out what that looks like and how we can, can protect that. I don't know if we can build like a special dome that goes around and closes up, you know, like the do stadiums and mm -hmm. when weather comes in, we can seal it off. Not quite sure yet, but yes, we are going to have a, a lot more conversations around that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I am so impressed. And of course we went way over time, Christine, because I love the work that you're doing and I, totally want to hear more about that project I'm sh I'm hoping that you're going to you know um, document the process as you go because you've got another book there right and obviously yes. um, so thank you so much for being my guest uh, on the podcast today I totally enjoyed uh, listening to your stories and and talking to you and hope this is the beginning of a relationship that I can um, stay connected and uh, thank you again now my um, my audience um, can find you at theluxurylook.com. Is that correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. And I also have my own personal website, Christine Vowles. Christine Perfect. with a K and Vowles, B-O-W-L-E-S.com. Yep. And so, I'll have so. that in the show notes. So thank you again. And thank you to my audience for listening. I know this was a long one, but I think it was very interesting. And I hope you find it that way too. Please let me know. And also remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.